What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Attack Baron. This is our weekly podcast for those interested in uh, improving themselves in League of Legends Wild Rift and also just looking to uh, have fun out there as you climb and just progress just in the game with friends in your guild. I am Familiar Fiasco, joined by my co-host, Rygar the Great. What's going on, dude? What's up? What's up? How's how's this week going? Well, uh, if if you're not in the guild, you may not know, but uh, obviously you know Fiasco. But we won our first guild versus guild. That's right. Let's uh, go. Which is exciting. I think a lot of people grinded out some games, and when I say grind, I mean we had a great time. Yeah, uh, win or lose, so it is. It is just kind of like fun either way. Um, and you don't have to do. I mean, we've been playing a lot of five mans, but. If you find a guildmate who you want to do duo rank and like duo queue for ranked, or I guess you could do trio queue, still still the same queue, um, still counts for GVG because you're with yeah. a guildmate. So I'm excited for that when ranked when ranked resets and you and I can still like hustle for the guild, but also try to grind out some get some ranks yeah. up there. When is I? I would really appreciate. I feel like they extended it because they were like testing matchmaking changes. Yeah. So I'm. I'd be. I'm kind of eager to know, like, because it's been a while, right? We we had a whole, a whole new, uh, update come through. We went through two point four, and I thought maybe our season would reset, but now we're into two point five, and it doesn't seem like there's any word on, on a seasonal or ranked reset so yeah i don't know what the deal is there i'm I'm not like i'm not too worried about it like what i'm trying to keep in mind with anything with this with this game is they're trying to coordinate events for yeah. you know with arcane across every single one of their different games right and based on some of the stuff that draggles has said before uh ben forbes He's like insinuated that it's sometimes it's hard to get all the information together for patch notes to communicate everything that's happened, which tells me the company's pretty big. Like you, you know, there's there's many there's many different departments that find it difficult to communicate everything to each other. Which I understand. I mean, I'm my company is you know getting close to fifty people now, and it, it's definitely harder than when it was ten. And I'm sure they have way more than 50 people. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, it was, I just saw that they, in about their first year, they hit like $150 million in sales um, yeah. for Wild Rift. So if people are saying the game is dying, I think it's fine. <laughs> like yeah, by my by no my understanding, $150 million in a year is, is solid, especially if that's, sustainable and it was like 60 percent of their overall like mobile i didn't well i i knew about you know the their car their tcg but i guess i didn't really consider it like a mobile game so it's performing it's performing better than any of their other mobile options yeah which you know i think that's probably to be expected but yeah that's great great news i mean i would yeah, I was. I wouldn't say I necessarily ex- expected it myself, but anyways, I think they're fine. I think they'll be good, and I think the game's got some some longevity. So, 
Oh, I agree. Squash, squash any of that that talk right there, but right, and they're um, so excited for the Horizon Cup at the end of or coming up actually in a couple of weeks because um, I believe it's in November. So there's, I know they're so excited about that, as they mentioned with you know uh, the last patch notes saying <laughs> they're not really looking to make any crazy changes um, just in anticipation of the tournament. So, and and I know it's just, it's a huge global tournament. So I think a lot of people expected it to be like a, the world's like championship and it's, it's actually not. So um, yeah, I'd agree. I think there's some longevity there that we can expect. Yeah. Um, What is going on with the guild? uh, Otherwise. Yeah. So, Obviously, guild guild versus GVG every week. Guild versus guild. Um, looking for if you're end up if you're in the guild and you get armed, make sure you get your unarmed guildies. Um, get in guildies. games with them. But one of the things we've we've noticed is I think long term, if we keep pressing to win GVGs, which honestly I don't think the rewards are so crazy that we're gonna that that's yeah. ever gonna be like a live or die type of thing. But if we notice that people are inactive for a really long time, we're going to free up space um, and remove them. Like, I don't know. We're tentatively thinking if you don't play for two weeks yeah, at all, take it like, space. then we probably will just, we'll probably just remove you. Cause we've noticed a lot of the, some of the people who haven't played the whole week will end up being armed or or unarmed either way it kind of negatively affects us but anyways that's we're not too stressed about it though we're probably we're not just going to go around chopping people off the guild or anything like that um we've no, no. we've been having a good time obviously definitely yeah it, it's nice to have the incentive to arm people but again if you are one of the people who can be armed and you're not playing it's probably going to benefit the everyone not even just us and we like you said we i don't know how much we are going to actually care about gvg but it, it it's fun to be able to arm people and it gives people incentive to play together so if your account is kind of taking up that spot and you're not playing uh like you said we'll probably just end up removing you yeah so no hard and- feelings just trying to make sure that everybody who is present is getting the same shot so yeah we just want an active community that's like interested in exactly. playing the game and getting better together. But anyways, low stress there. We still exactly. have space and we'll keep unlocking more space. And we're very close. I think we'll, Ooh. by the time this is even posted, I'm sure we'll have unlocked the Baron logo. Ooh, so we, we can put it. that on the guild. Let's get it. We'll be looking fly. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think you and I both are excited about Arcane. I mean, I don't have like super high expectations, so I I think I'll just enjoy kind of taking in some lore. Yeah, and and it like visually, it just it looks like it's well done, and the Dude, whole the music. Yes, yes. the 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 amount of artists they got to do the music for it, I'm like, okay, all right. It's it's clear I'm that they they've put a lot into it as made evident by the amount of things that are it's rippling through um so yeah i think it's gonna be well done and it'll be fun so looking forward to that event and and definitely just 
Looking forward to watching it. Um, the last thing I wanted to say about the guild thing, which is kind of just a general, which really isn't specific to guilds, it's just something I noticed in a guild match, which is just like etiquette on, which is ping etiquette. Mm. If you're if you're pinging someone to attack, if you're pinging someone to retreat, you don't need to ping until you get put on cooldown. <laughs> like you don't need to just ping, <laughs> ping, 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 ping. You can ping it. And then if you feel like you've waited some time and they still aren't heeding, you know, the retreat warning because you know your mid laner is is, you know, rotating or you know the jungler was headed their way for a gank. You know, you can hit another retreat, but don't don't hit it Blow five it times in a row. Like it's I just guilty of it's this just last rude. Night. <laughs> and then <laughs> thank you for being honest. I was. Um, and then the other thing is you know, if you overextend and die and you just, you get evaporated, don't ping attack. Like, there's just, it doesn't say anything to your team that's helpful. It's it's equivalent to flaming. Like, there's just really nothing, there's nothing useful about that. If you, if you die, no one else on your team dies because they didn't go in with you, whatever it is, just move on. Even if you yeah. really truly believe it's their fault, and maybe it was, pinging attack five times doesn't help anything. No, and and another thing too, and this isn't necessarily etiquette so much as it is just setting as an expectation. I think if you if you play with us, we are probably very unlikely to ever hit the surrender. Um, <laughs> we've had a number of games where we've come back from the absolute brink of a loss and uh what we had like a 30 plus minute game the other night uh <laughs> where we yeah. were i mean we we like absolutely flipped the game around off of a very clutch katarina baron steal that literally just snowballed the rest of the game for us and um but you know i understand that a lot of people can tend to feel like it's a, a waste of time we generally will not concede unless it's like really, really bad. And yeah. in most cases in 5v5s, it's not going to be that bad. Especially so. at our ELO. Like, it's rare that the team that's, snow- that's snowballed is actually capable of right. dealing the win. Like, people mm-hmm. just don't know how to do that. So they end up yeah. wandering around like on their own and getting killed or they take objectives at the wrong time and then you take it from them (laughs) yeah there's just there's lots of ways that those games end up becoming losses for them so yeah we don't typically do and that's also not just because you can win but it's also because uh i think you and i agree that there's there's still something to be learned there's Mm -hmm. honestly less to be learned it's harder to learn when you're you know 15 kills up on their team because right. you can mess up 20 different ways and still win. But if you're down that many kills, there's there's no room for for more error like you have to yeah. you've got to seize the opportunities every time you get one and to be able to turn the game around. So, anyways. Exactly. That's we've gone yeah. off a little bit on this, but I think those are we- What's up? Oh, I was yeah. I was gonna let you finish and then ask if we uh, 
had a listener question this week. We do. That's what I was going to go into. Nice. So we got one, another one from uh, Nitnub. Nitnub, what's going on? Yeah, so Nitnub asked, I'll boil it down to essentially how do you how do you win against Yi in the jungle? Mm. Jungle v. Jungle, how do you prevent the jungle diff? Yi is, man, Yi can be a scary champ. And um, so Yi's biggest thing is he wants to AFK farm until he can get his core items, at which point then he is practically unstoppable it's so hard to 1v1 him uh it becomes incredibly difficult to even sometimes 1v2 him uh if you don't have enough cc because he can dodge abilities and his auto attacks can heal him and uh he can also just all of a sudden he's soloing objectives and so the biggest thing with setting e back is preventing him from afk farming so stealing his camps whenever possible. So that can be done by your entire team. It can also be done uh, by the jungle jungler just by tracking E. So knowing that he's maybe on the opposite side of the map doing a gank. Uh, you know he's not at red buff. Or I mean at blue buff or maybe he's not at red buff. Or So you can take Krugs, you can take Raptors, you could take Gromp. Or you could take red or blue buff if you're if you're able. So preventing yeah. those those early camps, just setting him back, and then a great way to to stop him as well is to counter gank. So maybe you are also on the same side of the map as him, and you see him moving down the river, or now he's engaging. You also want to be there to shut down his gank and hopefully get you or your laner a kill each or a double kill. Uh, and just any amount of time that you can set him back is great. Uh, he's slow in the beginning, so being able to shut him down at scuttle, or even if you can catch him trying to uh, navigate the Rift Herald by himself, um, I think that's that's the biggest thing. Is just he yeah. he's a he late really, game hyper carry, so exactly that means he's just if he gets. We've seen Yi's that are like 0 and 7 that the game goes so long that he suddenly was an issue. So that's that's a big thing is setting him back early, um, like you said. Right. And then worst case, he is 0 and 7, but the game has gone on 20 minutes and now he's uh, invincible. Uh, you can counter build him. So Thornmail, Randuin's. Uh, stasis is can be good. Just being able to uh, dodge or reflect some of his damage, slow him down with Randuins, and then avoiding one v one. Just you know, if you he's going to try and single you out, and he is kind of you know the pentakill champion, right? He can just kind of get into your whole team, dodge huge amounts of abilities, and then just kind of auto attack people to death as he chases them through the map uh so if you can cc him target him with a couple people and just kill him very quickly don't give him a chance to fight back that's also another way but if it's straight up 1v1 jungle uh i think think the, the best thing you can do is just send him back early and uh 
basically, if you have CC and you know he's dominant, try to use your CC to get away. Or uh, if you can, kite him to another set of champs on your team to be able to finish him off. All right, so we know that next week, Caitlin and Jace are getting dropped. Let's go. With a, it appears now that it actually is the Ar- Arcane event is what it's in tandem with, but um, mm. they're dropping next week. So I have never played Jace, though I have played Caitlyn, um, not as much as some of my other champs. Um, so briefly, I'm going to chat a little bit about Caitlyn, but I think ultimately we're we're hoping to see what they do in Wild Rift because they've sometimes while the the abilities all the stay the same, some of the actual balancing of the champs and you know we can't we can't just look at PC and say oh they're this champ's meta right now it's going to be you know and this is this is what they do in PC it's it just hasn't been one to one like that so right. Briefly, I will talk about Caitlyn, and we'll see what she ends up like in the game, and see what kind of builds become meta, and we can we can circle back on that. So, Caitlyn has. I'll I won't start with her passive. I'll first just cover what her abilities are. So S one is a large poke. Um, the first enemy, whether it's minions or a champ, takes full damage, and then it expands to wider, so it hits more things but has reduced damage. Hmm. Her S2 is a little trap. It's not invisible like some traps. It just sits there completely in plain sight. And if someone steps on it, then they're rooted. Her third ability is a net that shoots out in front of her, and she gets knocked back by the recoil. So it can be used as a slow on the champion you hit, and it's also a gap close. So if you want to escape, you can use that, hit them, slow them down, and you end up moving backwards. Um, you can also use it to get closer to somebody. So you can shoot it behind you so that you jump towards the enemy. Um, and then her ultimate is a very long distance kind of finishing move. It locks onto a target, and after channeling for a period of time, It does a massive amount of damage, but it has no execute damage built in, at least in the PC. You would think that this would already have, that it would have like the lower health they are, the more damage it does. It doesn't, Um, which is, was surprising to me. I really thought it just kind of would by the design, but it doesn't. And if you cancel the channeling, it goes on a brief cooldown and then comes back. So like if Hmm. you, you put it on someone and you're like, ah, actually never mind," Uh, Or if you flash... Um, that would cancel the cancel the channeling, and then your cooldown would come back in a couple seconds. So you can do some cheeky things there. But let's circle back to her passive. So her passive is that every time she basic attacks, she gets a stack of headshot. And if she gets six stacks, then she does a like headshot shot that does additional damage, which does more damage based on how much crit chance she has. So it scales off of crit chance. Uh, here are a couple factors to it. If you hit someone with the, her trap, they get, that gives a stack of headshot. Um, if you hit someone with the net, that's a stack of headshot and you get two stacks if you're shooting out of a brush. So Hmm. 
the main thing with Caitlin is trying to get people with a combination of the trap and the net in order to get to full stacks of headshot to do a huge chunk of damage. So you're trying to poke them down with your S1. You're trying to lay traps in places where you know they're about to be. Uh, and you're trying to get them with this headshot damage. And she's extreme. She has the longest attack auto attack, like basic attack range um, in the game. And so she's really good early game at just basic attacking people in lane building up a lot of damage, pushing them under tower, and continuing to poke them out as you've pushed them under tower. Um, every time they go to last hit, you just hit them again. Uh, so she's really dominant early game. So I won't go into all of her combos, but she actually, because of some of her interactions with the net, with flash, with traps... You actually can do some really cheeky stuff that you wouldn't expect because her kit kind of seems pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. So I'll be excited to see how those play out in Wild Rift to see if they work. Like you can use the net to kind of do a gap close, but you can flash at the same time to surprise someone. So you can move a, lo a long distance at once. You can fire your S1 flash forward into a net and trap. Which sounds oh, wow. like it's kind of confusing, but like where, and then the S1 will actually shoot from where you initially started at, but all of a sudden you'll be on top of the enemy. Your S1 will hit them as their trap locks them in, and you'll hit them with a net. And yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's kind of <laughs> one of those things where it's like, you're like, wait, she actually has combos? She does. Wow. So, so she's got some like weird engage. Yeah. And her, uh, the last thing I would say is that the net, the the recoil, as they as they call it, is the recoil, the thing that knocks her back with her net, her S3, she can jump over certain obstacles. I don't know if it will be really? everything in the map, but she might be able to jump river, um, kind of the shorter stuff. So we'll see. So yeah, that's, that's, that's her really fast. And then I'm going to talk about um, runes and item builds. Um, let me switch over oh it might not load fast um champion i think is is just can be a surefire like safe bet um, but i think there's other options for her like fleetfoot so she can gain a lot of sustain in lane by using fleetfoot that's the one where once you move enough around your next auto attack on a champ will heal you also so that one is Oh, okay. Oh, con oh, yeah, not champion. I always, I always call it champion. That's <laughs> a different one. Conqueror, uh, conqueror, Fleetfoot. I don't think electrocute will be the move. Um, but those are the two I would say: conqueror and, and Fleetfooted. Um, for the second rune, brutal is just like brutal is always good. So that's one you could definitely go for. Root for um, yeah. Since she's so reliant on the trap for doing more damage, I think weakness could work. It's going to give you 5% more damage anytime someone's rooted by your traps. Hmm. Um, the other one that might be useful is not champion, but triumph. So getting that 3% extra damage on low health champs could be really helpful. And then just getting health back when takedowns happen. Right, 10%, um, right? Yeah. 
for yeah. the resolve rune. I think you have a, you have options here. I uh, I would say probably not loyalty <laughs> and not conditioning, but you could probably make a case for a lot of the other ones depending on who you're laning against. Uh, Sweet Tooth is a really solid option. I don't think she'll need Mana Flow Band, but I did see some stuff on PC where they had runes that would give mana. So maybe. We'll see how her mana is. For items, she's she focuses on 80 attack speed and crit chance. Crit chance is a big deal for her because it scales her passive damage up higher and higher. Key items, I think she will have, though I'm not positive on the order they would be. Um, Rapid Fire Cannon for sure. Infinity Edge. Uh, I think Storm Razor is going to be really solid. Maybe Blade of the Rune King would be a first item, but I'm kind of leaning towards Storm Razor into Infinity Edge, Rapid Fire Cannon, and then you have some options to finish it up. So that's her very quickly. As quick as I could, at least. <laughs> what uh, What are your thoughts yeah, on Jace? Pretty quick. Yeah, Jace is... So my initial, uh, my initial investigation of Jace, because I had actually never played him, I was familiar with Caitlyn, and like you said, her kit is deceptively not straightforward. I, I guess I, I always thought it was, right? She's long range, and she kind of pokes you. But... Uh, learning about Jace, he's got the form change, which they've highlighted uh, in some of their trailer stuff. But basically, uh, he seems to be a very mechanically intensive champ, so kind of along the lines of Riven um, or even Lee Sin, just a lot of button pressing and a lot of different things to consider based on which form you're in. So... Uh, Jace, for everybody who doesn't know, has uh, this cannon that is also a hammer, or a hammer that's also a cannon, and his ultimate move is actually uh, the ability to change between the two. So you start the game with whatever ability you select and your ultimate. So you don't have a true ultimate per se, you have a uh, form change in your ultimate. And you can switch uh, between the cannon and the hammer, and each one changes the different abilities and kind of the way Jace functions. So in your hammer form, you're going to be melee, of course, and uh, you're also going to gain some armor and MR just from being in there. And his passive is basically anytime you make a form shift, he gets additional move speed. In League... Uh, it was 40 uh, additional move speed, so I'm not sure, based on the smaller map size of Wild Rift, if that's going to stay consistent. So we'll see. Um, but he got additional move speed. And then if he switched to cannon, he basically could reduce the enemy's armor or MR uh, every time he hit, and he changes to a ranged champion. So... Let's let's just go through the skills. S1 in hammer mode is called uh, something. I think it's... To the skies. To the skies. Yeah, so he basically jumps to an enemy and kind of slams the hammer down. And I believe that it slows them for a couple seconds. And um, it does uh, additional 
bonus damage uh, based on his uh, base attack damage. It's like yeah. a 120% or something like that. Um, I think the big thing is, is going to be the slow, but that additional bonus attack damage will be nice. In cannon mode, he shoots this giant orb of electricity that hits the hits an entire area. And it it kind of the same thing, bonus attack damage and it's but it's considered physical damage to all enemies in the area of the explosion. So this uh this move specifically, the shock blast as it's called, works in tandem with his S3, uh, which is called the acceleration gate, and you can shoot it through the acceleration gate to have it uh do it it basically fires at 40% speed uh, like a 40% speed increase but also does 40% more damage 40% more like detonation radius um so that's a big deal like uh, definitely when you're hoping to shoot that off if you have the acceleration gate up you're going to want to use that going into S2 He's got what's called Lightning Field, and it comes with a passive, and basically every time he hits an enemy in his hammer form, he's going to get mana back. And then basically his active skill is to create this huge kind of lightning field, kind of think of like a Tesla, if you have ever seen one, Um, just like a Tesla coil, where it's like you're seeing arcs of lightning come off and hit the side of things. That's basically what it looks like. and. Um, It just does area damage, it it kind of works alongside ability power, and it ticks away over 4 seconds. Um, In the cannon mode, it's called hypercharge, and it basically uh, allows Jace to fire at a faster attack speed, so you can basically shoot off 3 auto attacks like really, really quickly, and it's only good for 3 auto attacks. So... um, you're basically going to do limited, uh, a limited attack damage, but you're going to do it really quickly. So if you land all three auto attacks, you'll be doing uh, a good amount of additional damage. His S3 uh, is called Thundering Blow when in hammer mode. And this, is, this seems like a, a crazy move. It does 20% of the target's maximum health, at least in League. And bonus attack damage. So it's got a percentage chunk. And alongside that, it also has a a decent knockback. So in League, it looks like people get sent pretty far. But I kind of wonder if it's not going to be as maybe as far as Lee Sin's kick. But it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some knockback. Um, And then, of course, the huge chunk. And then, as I mentioned before, in cannon mode... He's got the acceleration gate. So the acceleration gate is great for being able to shoot shock blast quicker at more efficient or 40% increased efficiency. But it's also great for uh, increasing movement speed of Jace and his allies who pass through it. So in, in League, it looks like a 55 up to a 55% increase over three seconds, which decays pretty quickly. Um, so those are his skills. He, you know, he's got a lot of combos. Um, I think, think Riven, just with the sheer amount of things you can do with button pressing, 
um, he's going to have a lot of different things between form changes. So, and we won't get into all of them. I, I'm not even sure I even understand all of them. But basically, you can initiate uh, in different sequences in different forms uh, for different outcomes. And he can be great for poking while he's in his cannon form. And uh, just he can be great for following up uh, with people as they're retreating with the acceleration gate and his shock blast. And also, if you're up against uh, a ranged champ, somebody that you might struggle to get in for last hits, he can use that range mode to get last hits in range. Um, but mostly, from the way I understand him, is you want to use range mode to bully people in laning phase. And Jace is kind of like along the lines of uh, Renekton. He's a very, very strong early game champ. You want to establish a lead if at all possible as soon as you can um so basically as soon as you get to level three uh because you're gonna have your form change options you're gonna have a lot that you can do and so he's one that wants to press the advantage um but i will move on to his runes and kind of item builds so runes i think again you're gonna want to start Conqueror feels like immediately just like a very solid pick for him um, because you're with the uh, like his attack speed increases and, and just movement speed increase. I think you're going to be able to constantly land hits, so you're going to be able to stack up Conqueror to get the additional damage. Um, Fleet Footwork actually might be pretty decent because he seems like he wants to be a fairly mobile champ with all the movement speed that's built into his kit. And I think Phase Rush is actually also on the table just to be able to track people down and stay on top of them uh, with either Hammer or Cannon Mode. Uh, his next set of runes, Brutal. Uh, brutal is always great for laning phase, start the game strong, kind of build your snowball while in lane. Um, but I, I know in League PC that uh, he's built with Gathering Storm from time to time, which is basically just an increase in AP and AD over a period of time throughout the game. Um, so I kind of also think that along the same lines, I mean, it's like Triumph is probably pretty good, right? You get takedowns, you get health back. Um, you get the additional damage done on, on when they're lower health. So I think you have some options there. Uh, I'll probably just go with Brutal. Um, moving on to his next set of runes. I think you can make a strong case for a couple of them, uh, whether it be uh, Second Wind or Carapace, just to stay in the fights longer if you need to, or uh, if you're totally confident with him, uh, Hunter Titan, just for the uh, reduced uh, CC effects. And the health. And, yeah, and the health. And uh, Final Rune, I mean, if you're a laner, I think you could make you could always make a good a solid point for uh honey fruit, right? It's just just a great a great one. Hunter Genius is seemingly a very good pick as well. So, you know, I'd probably just go go honey fruit every single time <laughs> every single time. Uh item builds, I think so in league he builds a different set of items. One of the his core items is not in this in what Wild Rift as of yet. But 
I think uh, you'll be able to either start with Black Cleaver for the additional armor penetration, plus it just got buffed, so it's in a good place. Um, or uh, I think he starts Man Immune and starts building it up, trying to get the, uh, trying to convert it. And uh, Yumu's is a solid item on on him, and Lucidity Boots for your additional cooldown speed. There's uh, Cyrilda's Grudge is on the table, Mortal Reminder, Mob Malmortis. Um, he's got a lot, and everything I've seen on him, nobody he, he doesn't get built, despite his appearance, right? He's this kind of bulky dude with his big hammer. He doesn't get built very bruisery. He, he's more of a lethality. Uh, at least everything I've seen on him so far has been build up that lethality, more damage, more penetration. I wonder so, if uh, if the if some people build him Trinity. Trinity Force just hmm. seems so strong, and he he uses like ability swapping a lot, so he would get Sheen procs. Right. Yeah. Pretty regularly. I, I it's like I and uh, all my research, I never saw Trinity, but. I saw Black Cleaver a lot. So I yeah, I don't if... think Trinity gets as much play in PC because they have all these mythic items. They have like wow. a totally different yeah. item system than us. Yeah, Trinity. I mean, it's such a good. It's such a good item. That's here, the especially... thing is, it's just so good. <clears throat> it is. I mean, it's very you, good. Instead of Black Cleaver getting the rage, where like every time you do an attack on a champ, you get movement speed. You get that same rage passive on Trinity, but you also get Sheen procs, mm-hmm. health, attack speed. It yeah. just has so many good qualities. It's a, but it is an expensive item, and you want to start stacking that man immune if you're going to get it. So, right. I don't so, know. That was a, just a thought that occurred to me. But anyways, carry on. No, I think I think that's. I, I'm going to be interested to see kind of how it all shakes out, uh, and hopefully, like you said, with the uh, arcane event happening next week, we'll get some champion overview vids this week. That'd be. Uh, fantastic but yeah that's that's where i'm gonna leave it at with him uh he's gonna be he's gonna be complicated but i think if you know how to play him he's gonna have it's gonna be fun great well the last thing we wanted to talk about was the news um that they just posted this week which is that they are reverting the matchmaking changes to the way that they were where it's not, they changed matchmaking, just to cover it again, they changed matchmaking to be solely based off of your matchmaking rating when you're in ranked, rather than being both on your rank, whether it's silver, gold, plat, etc. Both your rank and your MMR. So that's what they changed it to. Due to the overwhelming um, community outcry about how seeing... <laughs> Seeing people that were much lower ranks in their game was like very frustrating, and people felt that their games weren't fair. Uh, they heard the, that response, and they decided to change it back to Generous of being them. being a mix of rank and MMR. And the only place that they made an exception was um, if you're in iron or bronze, they will expand the range of ranks that they will match you with, so that way those people can get games faster. So a an iron can be re- matched with a gold, I guess, mm-hmm. to be the most extreme. But everything past that will be back to the range it was before. 
Um, so that's the gist of the change. But if you want to read the full write-up, I would go to the website, um, read what Josh um, has to say about it. But I kind of wanted to talk about this and, you know, we can see kind of where this takes us. But I'm actually pretty, well, first, Josh specifically states that the fairness of matches, all the data shows that the fairness of matches was equal with the, the past, with this change as it was to before. And that match making time was shorter, which was part of the goal. So matches were as fair as they were before this. So I'm, I'm honestly a little bit frustrated that in such a short amount of time they changed. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think this is a perception issue and that's why I want to talk about it because I, he's saying that based off of the data, which none of us have the only data i'll say with quotations is the games that we play and our perception of them and we can click around at everyone's ranks and try to understand whether the the matches were fair but we can't possibly look at the even our own hundreds of games much less the absurd amount of game data that they have which doesn't even which goes beyond just you know who won the match but how how long the match took except how how big the leads were like all of that stuff can easily be pulled for them so i i actually trust that they have the data to back this up and that it's true and that they are only reverting it because of perception because the the community asked for it <laughs> but one of the things that i want to talk about is like the if the if you take this this kind of fact as a baseline that the matches are as fair with reverting the change the matches are going to be the same amount of fairness that means you're still going to have matches which feel like they're uncarryable so how do you approach the game you know what are you going to do to win i the thing that I think specifically frustrated me was so they addressed this whole huge change, right? And I know specifically that everyone's been crying for insight into MMR for a really long time. And um and so they're kind of they put, kind of took a step towards that. And granted we we don't get to see it in terms of numbers, but um you know, there's there's got to be some trust in that. You know, they're they're tweaking and developing the system which they've already been using um, for the better, right? And uh, he goes on to say that it's not going to be something that is going to develop in a couple games. And I know people, you know, I know people don't play more i mean they don't play like a couple games and that's it right they're they're some people are are playing a lot of games and and granted i i don't know if their experience i i don't know what it was we we played specifically we played a couple games of ranked and i think in almost every game we had people who were 
you know, they had the icon, right? That they were playing above their, their current rank. And this, it's only been a week. I mean, it's like, it's, it's not really been long. And he prefaced that he specifically asked to have time for this to develop because they think this is the best approach. And uh, to your point and to his, it, it was all kind of shaking out to be about where it was before. Games were fairly matched. Um, they were getting them quicker. And, and the quick, the, the faster queue times is a really big thing, I know, for a lot of the challenger and top-level players because they would literally cry about being stuck in queue until it basically restarted, and they'd be in there for a really long time because that player subset is so small and limited that if any of them are not playing at the same time, like of course they're going to have long, long queue times. So I, I think this was a step in the right direction, but it was kind of frustrating for me to see, oh, look, this guy's, I'm, I'm in Grandmaster, this guy's in Diamond, like, or in Emerald, and he's got the mark, and he played, like, he played terribly. I know Excondrel posted a video where he just went on and on about these Emerald players who were playing in one of his matches, and he did not appreciate the matchmaking. He was also extremely tilted, and... I just don't think anybody really gave it enough time. But again, some people play hundreds of games and maybe they saw this every single time. And uh, But I know a lot of people, they don't. And so to, to literally just see the little the instances of one game example, oh, one game I played with this guy and he was terrible. Well, like, I mean, I've heard of and we've played against players who were at or above ranks um that we are that played poor, very poorly. So, I mean, we cover this with potato too. I mean, if, if rank isn't always an, uh, isn't always going to identify where you are, are skill level wise. And that was the whole purpose of this, right? To say rank is your reward. This MMR is an indication of your skill. It's going to sort itself out over a couple weeks or more. And I think to your point, yeah, I mean, there's, there are definitely, there were always these games where people had to find a way to win. And there are, the, the system isn't intended to, to make you win, right? It's to provide a fair match and you find a way to win. The better team's going to win. And there are games where you just can't carry. I mean, we literally had an unranked E and he basically told us like, just he just he was like just quit the game because he wasn't going to play better he wasn't going to stop feeding and he he was no help whatsoever to the team and um you know I, yeah. maybe maybe I mean, the we, formula for it needed to be tweaked i i don't know but but yeah i mean the point is it won't happen now because we because they're just going to revert the changes they won't right. they won't make those tweaks um, yeah, I think, I guess what really bothers me about it is I feel like there's like kind of a mentality problem with it all mm-hmm. that we think uh, that there's the game should be fair in a sense, like they shouldn't put 
they should make the sides equal in a way, but a lot of games aren't fair and it's not about being fair. It's about playing the best with like games aren't perfectly balanced. The game itself, the champs, the weapons, whatever, you know, whatever the game is, they aren't perfectly balanced and the best players figure out what the best strategies are, what the best ways to win are, and then they use them. And then what happens is those things become popular and the best players move on and counter the popular strategies and win more. And matchmaking, like, I don't think matchmaking was actually so broken. I just think it was people just were able to see, actually see that people were like ranked lower. So it bothered them. And then if they made mistakes, then they just, it further, you know, works on their bias that it's like, I knew this person would be crap because they had the mark that showed they were lower rank. Right. But the reality is like, you can go watch games of, you can go watch challenger level, you know, YouTube videos and see people at that level making big mistakes too. And so it's not like if you had if you have a person of a high rank that they're going to play perfectly, they'll probably on average play quite a bit better, but that's, you know, you're not average when you're inside of a game. You're, you're just the one piece of, of information, just the one game. And I guess what I would hope is that people would focus more on improving their own gameplay and recognizing that a single match, even in ranked where there's some value attached to it, is not the whole grand scheme of things. And I also think I think that we conceptually think about ranked in the wrong way, especially on the highest level. Like pros and challenger level people, it's like it's awesome. I think it's great that there's a, something that they can achieve, but if they're looking for the highest caliber play when they're that good, then they then they need to be looking for pro play in tournaments. Because that's how most things work. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to just like sign online and play the <laughs> highest caliber games. You have to seek them out if you want to play against the best. That's just the way that most things in the world work. And so when you're, even when you're, cha- like when you're in, queuing in a ranked thing, you're not going to get the highest caliber games. So I, I just think that we kind of have this perception. Like if you're playing solo queue, you're essentially playing a pickup game. You know, it's it's a 5v5, so it's like a pickup game of basketball. And the better the gym is that you go to, you know, the more likely you have higher caliber people there. And if you go to a park in the middle of nowhere where no one goes, the caliber of people maybe isn't going to be very good. And if you... To continue the metaphor all the way, if you play basketball a lot, you find the parks that have the best people. And and if you're good, you probably go there all the time. But if you're not, you probably don't because you don't get to play much because you lose. <laughs> and so you play somewhere else. Like that's, But th- this is like taking that metaphor all the way to the end. But ranked solo queue is pick up basketball. It's not, you know, and at best it's like an, it's a YMCA or amateur league. And if you want the best, highest caliber play where people aren't going to, you know, make stupid mistakes, then you need to get out of pickup basketball and go play amateur or pro. You know, you need to do tournaments. That's just how it is. Or, you know, set up custom games with really good players 
and stream that. You know, there's other ways to make really high caliber content that proves that you're really good instead of just playing pick up pick up games and getting mad at the people who aren't as good as you. But in in our level, I feel like the it's a it's a trap to follow that pattern of I'm so good, these people are trash, that's why I lost. You're mm. missing the opportunities to improve on the things you could have like did you really need to engage there where your whole team got wiped or, you know, was your, did you actually gank the right lane? Yeah. Your, you know, your duo queue didn't do as well. They didn't engage on your gank as fast, but was that actually a winnable gank? Maybe you should have ganked somewhere else that had more CC. There's like nine, was your micro good in that fight? Look at it. It, it might not have been something you did was not the best it could have been. And if you're not looking for those things, that's fine. Just admit that you're not trying to improve. <laughs> like, right. It's fine to play the game for fun. But if you're really playing the game for fun, why do you care if people make mistakes? Like, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. If you're playing the game to be better than you, you have to admit your own fault. I mean, even if you did it, even if you played it immaculately, you know, it's still the the variable of the game is that you can't control what everyone else does. You can only control what you do. And in certain circumstances, there's a lot to read, like what's happening on the map. How are they positioning? You know, how, how would this team fight even actually play out if we engage 5v5? You know, what is my skill level? What items do I have? So on and so forth. I mean, you might win your lane every single time. And we've talked about this before. I mean, the, you know, I, I just, I'd agree. There's, there's a lot to be said with the concept of ranked and the reward that it provides. And, you know, I think that, <laughs> I think that this community and unfortunately just in, in gaming in general that we found is, we're too outspoken about things where we think we know better and we don't. Um, and I trust the devs. They built the game. They know how the, they want the game to go. They see the data. And, um, you know, it's great that they listen to the community, right? They, they don't want to, they, they make this game so people can enjoy it. They don't want people not to, um, but I mean, at some point, you have to know that we can't just sit here. And I mean, if you're really that upset about it, maybe it's time to move on from the game just in general. I mean, going on Reddit and making it, everybody is just complaining about everything. Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, everything is just all the same thing. Um, I mean, that takes away from the game. Nobody wants to follow a community that's literally just toxic. Yeah. And the, that, I I feel like it doesn't even suit content creators, pros, the whole scene because that's where you need viewership to to make money. Whether it's whether you're a pro or you know if you're a pro and you play in tournaments, if there aren't a lot of viewers for the tournament, long term tournaments aren't going to pay out that much right. because they Don't need viewers to justify it. But anyway, yeah, I feel like you know we could. There's other things we could do. Like I feel like North North America has like a bunch of tournaments popping up, which is really cool. And they're like kind of more 
they're more open tournaments. Like you don't have to be an established pro with a team to kind of get in there. So I feel like stuff like that's really healthy. I think, you know, we know the game isn't dying <laughs> on it anyway, and they're clearly listening and reverting the matchmaking changes doesn't hurt the game in any way. So it's fine no. in, in that no. way. It's a win-win and I don't, you know, perception is better of matchmaking. So people will not flame or int as quickly because they'll feel better about the matchmaking, which maybe will make them perform better. But for me, I want to get better at the game. And I don't want, and like when I play with you, for instance, like I expect you to tell me if I'm just being, you know, if I'm just being dense and blaming someone else for something where it's like, I'm like, dude, why didn't, why didn't Lux use ult? And you'll, you're like, Oh, Lux like, just used ult like used right it. before you walked up there, like she had just used ult. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still mad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I do the same thing for you. And like, yeah. I guess my last point, and you know, if you want to throw anything out there too, is find yourself a duo partner that you can be on voice chat with and like someone who's willing to check you. Yeah. Just like Fiasco checks me and I check Fiasco. Because, uh-huh. you know, there's there's probably at least a couple times every game where one of us makes a call out like, oh, why, did, why didn't they do this? And then the other person's like, because, and gives the most obvious <laughs> answer. And, it's, and it just puts us in our place. Like, you know what, yeah. you're right. I'm, right. I made the mistake. Yeah. So I've really appreciated that out of Fiasco, and I mean I, that's kind of the community I hope you build. So once we get voice chat back, I I hope that's kind of like where we head. But what what else uh, is there? Anything else that they changed uh, with this patch, or are they are they mm. adjusted anything else? They did, yeah. They adjusted they adjusted the Rift Herald. So Rift Herald time, the time that you could hold the Rift Herald was four minutes and they've reduced the hold the time that you can hold it to three and a half minutes and then they've also reduced the amount of damage cut it in half i think Mm -hmm. um cut the damage that the rift herald does to the nexus in half so it's just Mm. specifically a change that was targeting the double rift herald method um where you could just send have two rift heralds going at once but Honestly, sad. like we don't feel like that was even that common, but whatever. Actually, the part that really bothers me is that they reduce the amount of time you can hold Rift Herald because it just puts more pressure on you having to use it sooner. And I don't, I don't like having to give up that advantage in in a potentially like worthless way. Right. Yeah, I don't want to have to worry about like we are just about to take this lane, and we're gonna if I just need to hold the herald just a little bit longer before we can secure this this lane with it but instead yeah. it's going to be doing its own thing <laughs> starting at the base and taking a slow walk down whatever lane it, it it goes that actually one of our games this week I thought I was going to run out of time with Rift Herald because we were dancing in a 5v5 and I was I was like I don't have time to run to another lane I've just got it. And our team didn't quite get in a fight, but I just dropped it in the river in mid 
And we got into a fight and Rift Herald showed up, but they were too busy and we took two towers with it. <laughs> uh, I was, I got super lucky. Apparently Rift Herald in the middle of a 5v5 like is a thing. Yeah, right. He yeah, was just, he was just like walking down the lane <laughs> yeah, doing his um, thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, awesome. I think we went off on some tangents, but I think that there's just, I think just as passionate as people are about matchmaking ish you know their issues with matchmaking i'm just as passionate about like not giving up not giving cop-out excuses for you know seeking ways to improve ourselves right and i i want to trust the devs and like you said there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about and to to just flame riot and it's just like let's remain positive man i mean if you it's great to be passionate about the game but like keep it positive and check yourself. If you know you're going down a, a a spot, like it's not good, just let it go, man. Like go, like let the game go for a little bit. You know, I mean, yeah. Take a break or go play normals with the guild. Right. Play play eighty thrash. Yeah, I, ooh. I picked up Olaf jungle. You know, switch it up. Right. Um, well, it's been great. Looking forward to next week. Mm-hmm. Arcane event. It's gonna be a great All time. Right. We will see you guys next time. Peace.